been checking in on folks to see how they're doing during the current tribulations. We check in on Jim Brunberg, Jeremy Wilson, Storm Large, and some others. And today we've got Music Millennium's Terry Courier on Skype. They are still open. They're doing curbside delivery, but everything is tenuous. Life is tenuous. They're still getting new product in every week at Music Millennium, so let's find out how they're doing, what they're doing, and what are some good new albums. Here's Terry Courier. Well, hello, Terry. <laughs> how are you doing there, Tom? Well, things have been better. Things... <laughs> Things have definitely know, the been. The world um, made some major changes recently. <laughs> yeah, you know, the meters say uh, the world is a little bit under the weather, and I'm not doing so good myself. <laughs> no, it's it's been an interesting time. Uh, um, you know, I I I I look back in history, and I look through major things that have happened in history that I didn't have to go through. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I feel very lucky for the life that I've led so far in these 64 years. And then, oops, bumping the road. Bump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like one of those, when, when the, when the, when the road collapses and there's a big hole there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the store is still open. Yeah. We went to curbside pickup. And mm-hmm. mail order on the 18th of March. Um, it's you know the week leading up to that was very very strange. I can remember the Wednesday, March 11th. Um, we did a in store with a band that was having their 50th anniversary tour, mm-hmm. Wishbone Ash, and um, you know we had a full store. I went to the concert that night at the Aladdin at a full house. At the mm-hmm. same time, Tool was playing at the Moda Center to 18,000 people. <laughs> um, and I get a phone call from a woman who goes, hey, should Third Eye Blind play there tomorrow? What's the climate in Portland? I go, oh, you know, everybody seems to be doing everything as normal. Then the NBA canceled their season that night yeah and the next day everything changed everything changed yeah yeah man we had our anniversary on the 15th on that sunday we went ahead and had a Mm -hmm. small little party at the store like we normally do Mm -hmm. and then on monday we sat down to talk about what we were going to do with the store and on that sunday i was not predicting that we were going to be shutting our store but on monday in our meeting it was quite evident that we needed to shut the store so on that wednesday we we went to curbside and uh we've been doing about a third of the business that we used to do um we had to do temporary layoffs yeah of two two-thirds of our staff the next day um, um, it's been kind of awful from that end. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got our PPP loan this last week. Well, good now for we you. Have, we have to use it 
and they only give me to the end of June to use it. Yeah. And I have a lot, I have a lot of staff that's very comfortable out there uh, collecting unemployment and getting the the governmental spiffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a certain amount of employees that shouldn't be back due to health reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they just shouldn't be out in the environment at this time. Mm-hmm. And then I have a few people that wouldn't want to come back to work just because of the situation out there. And they're not quite comfortable with interfacing at this time. I understand that. So how, but, does, uh, how, how does curbside pick up work? Well, people can call us. We They give us a list of stuff. We go find it for them. We let them know what we got. Um, we can take their credit card information at that time mm-hmm. and ring up the sale, put it in a sack up front. Um, when they come, they can just come to the front door. We get their name, just go grab their bag for them, hand it out through the door. Wow. Jeez. So that keeps that keeps a couple people working, right? Yeah, it, it you know, we we did it up till this week. We we had about 10, 10 people mm-hmm. that were rotating within the building. Uh, we were still getting shipments. <clears throat> so my guy in the warehouse that does the receiving was there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we were doing mail order. So the guy that was doing our mail order as well as uh, writing up returns uh, uh, was working there. Uh, I went through a number of the categories out in the store and found slow-moving stock to immediately take back and try to send back to get credit to try to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, When... When your business drops off the face of the world, um, usually when you got 30 to 60 days dating to pay for what you were doing business for before, that all comes due. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, some of my first phone calls were to the credit departments of all my vendors to work with them, try to work out a plan, because um, I told them I wasn't going to be able to pay them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the bills were due. Luckily, um, we've been able to take care of most of our bills. Um, we got the, the PPP loan, um, and hopefully where in the PPP loan, uh, 75% of that has to go to payroll. Mm-hmm. So if I can utilize that money to payroll, uh, hopefully I can catch up with the revenue that comes in to the store with a number of my vendors. Um, so we're not in terrible shape when this is all over. Well, that's good news. You know, it's encouraging news anyway. Yeah. What's been great is the support from the community. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody wants to make sure that we're alive. Mm -hmm. Um, the first week I put out on Facebook and in our email, you know, that you could support us by 
buying a gift certificate to use in the future when we were open. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that time, we had no idea how long we would be closed. I had no no idea that we'd be sitting here right now still doing curbside. Um, You know, there just wasn't enough information out there. Every day that you talked about this, another piece of information came out and goes, oh, oh. Well, we're going to be here for a while. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had any good information for a while. No, you know, you you have to have, it comes from the top, right? And when you don't get the proper information from the top, it's hard for everybody down below that to make, you know, the right judgment, right decisions, um, not having the right information. You get the wrong information from the top. Yes. The opposite of the real information. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think the Western states have been doing a really good job with going through this process. Oh, absolutely. You know, the fact that they're working together um, as as a unified group, along with, I think, is it Nevada and Colorado right Mm -hmm. now? I think so. Um, you know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, there's, it's, I, I think that all the right things, all the, well, most of the right things are being decided. Um, I don't think everybody can make all the right decisions because things change, information changes. Where do you, do you know where, where do you, I know, I'm sure you know, where do you fall in the, in the state's plan for reopening things uh you know i've had people walk walk up to me and and go oh you get to open this friday um (laughs) no uh maybe maybe we could but you know uh i think we're gonna wait a bit longer Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm hoping that sometime in the month of june we'll be open I couldn't tell you if it's in the first half or the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could possibly be a July 1st uh, opening. Um, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's safe for our customers. We want to make sure that it's safe for our staff. Um, I mean, I know they're talking right now that there could be the second wave and stuff. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's actually more fearful than the first wave here. Because, um, you know, is there going to be the financial bailout from the government to help people at that time? Is there, you know, I know the company, not the company, but the country is going to be a little more ready from the aspects of having, you know, the right um, items around. Mm-hmm. You know, mask and gloves mm-hmm. and sanitizers and those things. I think people are going to have a stash of those going into the future until there is a cure for the virus. So, why? So, have you been uh, you've been watching all the live performances online? Uh, I've been working twelve hours a day. Oh. So <laughs> I, I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of the performances online, but um, what a great opportunity for for music fans right now yeah. to 
to to to get some the closest thing they can get to live music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know when when the next time we're going to get to see live music. I know I know my last concert. I know my last handshake. Really. Uh, by the way, my last handshake was with Devin Phillips. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my last concert was that Wishbone Ash show. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, live music is such a big part of my life. Sure. Um, I'm going out multiple nights in the week to see live music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's really been a void uh, not, not having that. Um, but I feel terrible for the local clubs and venues and promoters um, on top of all the musicians that can't work because yeah. they have no place to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, you know, um, uh, you gotta you got to give them a lot of credit for doing these, 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 these uh, live shows online, you know. I mean, unfortunately, they, you know, most of, most of them, uh, except for the really exceptional uh, bands who can put together multiple Zooms to, to to put it up. It's generally just one or two people, you know. And we, yeah. We, we, we're doing uh, OMN Live on Sundays at 6, and it's been terrific. But, geez, you know, I mean... Uh, it's like um, uh, the, uh, the the late-night talk shows. If there's no... If, if, you, if you tell a joke and, it, and, and there's no laughs, it's like, a, it's like a disappointment. And if you do a great song and there's, you can't hear anybody clap... You know, I mean, I mean, I understand it's it's kind of like recording, but it's not, you know, because you do have an audience there. So, yeah, no, it's like yeah. having a, a leak in your balloon, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of deflating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, some of those some of those late night uh, comedians, they, they 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 do okay with it. Seth Meyers does, in particular, I think, uh, but. Uh, People like Stephen Colbert, he's, he, his 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 rhythm is all messed up, and it's been seven seven or eight weeks now, and he still hasn't recaptured it. But Seth Meyers seems to, and and uh, you know people like Storm, she's you know that she's those are great. Those those uh, I don't know if you've seen any of those any of her oh, performances, yeah. but they're wonderful. You know, yeah. uh, we had a lot of people for Anthony Cadiz. Uh, watch that one, and um, so. And the thing, the other thing is, uh, with, with with those things, the audio varies. Some people know know how to do it, and some people just don't. Some people just are using the audio on their phones, you know. And it's just, it's weird. It's all weird. I think that live music is going to come back like uh, maybe the days of prohibition, where speakeasies. You know, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to yeah. be speakeasies and house parties. Yeah. And, it, you know, the house concert thing will come back before the venue thing because the venues are going to be under the scrutiny of the, the government. Yeah. And yeah. people are going to be able to um, have their friends over and uh, a musician they know and make things happen. So I, I think that will be the first thing that we see. Well, people like uh, Chance Hayden and Shelley Rudolph, they set up 
they set up and play in their driveway, and the neighbors come, and they, and they, they distance themselves, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, from each other, but they get to listen to Chance and Shelley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you heard her? Have you heard Shelley Rudolph's new album? I haven't got to hear the new album. It's I've beautiful. I've been waiting for it to come in. It is beautiful. I know she probably would have done an in-store. Uh, you know, that that's something that I don't know will happen for a long time, and especially with touring artists, you yeah, know. And yeah. so, um, you know, why take the chance of going and interacting with your fans right? Uh, right. until the you know, they have a vaccine for this. Um, you know, it's it's really going to slow down that for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, now mm-hmm. I, I look back on it and to be so fortunate, you know, we've done like over four and a half thousand live music performances yeah. between this store and our former Northwest store. Yeah. And, you know, people like, Mal Waldron, who mm-hmm. played piano with Billy Holiday, yeah, you know, to, yeah. to people like Randy Newman. Yeah. Uh, and I pinch myself a lot of times that this is real when it's happening in the store. Yeah. But yeah. Um, we really have ha- had a great last 30 years with yeah. this. And John Callahan. <laughs> Oh my word! You know, <laughs> I, I remember when he played the Northwest when, when, Store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John came up to me. I I was over at the Northwest Store, and he came up and he goes, "Hey, you know, could I do my record release party here?" And I go, "Yeah, you, you, your family here anyway. You know, we would have been disappointed if you didn't." <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I made a music video out of Portland Girl from that album for, oh, for yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, uh, obviously, you still have to keep up with what's going on. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm doing new release orders every day. Great. Uh, you know, I don't have to keep up on the live shows in the marketplace. That's always been part of my job is... To, to know what's coming to the marketplace, making uh-huh. sure that, you know, we have stock in on, on these artists in case, you know, uh-huh. customers are curious and want to buy it or they've gone to the show and want to buy it. Um, plus, you know, I've wanted to keep up on the live music thing anyway because I uh-huh. like to go out and see as much as I possibly can. But, yeah, new releases keep coming, but a lot of new releases have been postponed yeah, um, yeah. A lot of artists that had tours uh, are revolving around new releases. Mm-hmm. They they bump those things because of uh, the tours being bumped. And then a lot of, you know, a lot of people tried to reschedule their tours for the fall mm-hmm. and were successful in the beginning. But then uh uh, many artists that went to try to go to the fall later on weren't able to get those venues because they were already full with people that had booked dates in those venues. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, before and also those people that rebooked into those things 
um, changing their dates. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 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 what's new that you've heard that uh, that you think people should hear about? Oh, I tell you, we had the biggest single day for sales on an individual record, and I can't tell you how many years. Really? At least 10. Wow. Um, last, last Friday, we sold 105 pieces of the Jason Isbell album. Really? Reunions. Huh. And, and I mean, it, we have to give him a lot of credit for making that happen because he, first of all, he decided while all these other people were bumping their releases out into the future, he says, I'm, I'm going to release my album a week early. <laughs> he had made an indie record store only edition of the vinyl that was on a colored piece of vinyl. Um, he started doing social marketing mm-hmm. uh, out there, you know, support the independent record stores. We need them. Go <laughs> get my record at the independent record store. Um, so, yeah, the first day, you know, was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's great. That's really good. Um, um what else? What about the L- new Lucinda Dylan record? Lucinda Williams did that too. Lucinda Williams, yeah, I'm not, uh, that I'm yeah. not surprised. the The Dylan record will be really big for us, but unfortunately, I, it's not going to probably do quite as well as it should because it it's just coming out initially on CD, and and the vinyl counterpart is coming sometime later. Hmm. Um, if they were coming at the same time. I mean, there's a chance that that Dylan would have been a huge, huge driver for um, bringing fans into the store. And, mm-hmm. you know, the independent record store is doing really well. Lucinda Williams was one of those artists that was was out there championing the independent record stores. And she she even had her manager husband get a hold of X amount of record stores around the country that she had good history with and signed a bunch of autograph records that we could have to sell to our customers. Wow. On, on top of having a, a gray colored vinyl album mm-hmm. and a CD that was supposed to come out originally at like 14 bucks. And she made it to where the independent stores could buy X amount of them and sell them for under ten bucks, which was great. Jeez, that's amazing. Huh. Uh, Steve Earle's got a record coming out in a couple weeks, uh-huh. and he's doing something with a certain amount of independent stores because the last five releases, he's picked four or five record stores and went out there on Street Week and done live in-store performances mm-hmm. and we've got we got it each of the last five albums he came out to music millennium well he couldn't come out you know due due to this and um so he's going to be doing a concert that day and if if people buy the vinyl through a special link that they get Davis, uh, mm-hmm. send them the vinyl, and you will get the opportunity to see this show 
And then the record label will uh, send us money wow. for, for selling the record. So yes. it, that's another great situation where mm -hmm. the artist really cares about the independent stores. Mm -hmm. What do you hear about the new Betty LeVette? Anything? Oh, huh? she was supposed to have her new album out. I know. Uh, I know. I, I, I did an interview with her about a couple of months ago, and um, she was forbidden to talk about it. She was busting. She was busting out. She wanted to talk about it so much. Oh. She, ta she talked a little bit about it, but they wouldn't let her talk about it. So I'm just waiting for it to hit so I can get her back on. Uh, yeah, that's but, one of those records that got bumped into the future. Ah, um, I see. Yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. Because uh, 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 um, she I don't was so date for that yet. Yeah, she was so enthusiastic about it. My God, you know, I mean, uh, I've, I've I've interviewed her a whole bunch of times, and I've never heard her seem uh, sound so enthusiastic as she did about this one. You should hear the stories about her her recording because when she did the Dylan record, oh, things, things have changed. She'd she'd never heard um, about ninety percent of those songs. She'd never heard them. And <laughs> she said, uh, "It was she, her interpretations of those songs were so amazing." Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. go if you go down and listen to you know all the all the covers of Dylan songs throughout the year, I mean, there's there's definitely some good ones out there, and some people can, you know, people like the Birds were able to interpret yeah. Dylan songs very well. But Betty, oh man, there was something unique to these. Yeah. Well, she 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 did tell, say there's one story about it ain't me, uh, and and she kind of got it wrong, and she did she did one version of it, and then and then somebody somebody said to her, Betty, this is not a happy song. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this is a breakup song, and so she went back in and did it again. <laughs> By the way, the new date for the Betty Levette album. Uh -huh is august 28th okay all right you know there's a guy from spokane named tom marion mm -hmm. and he comes out to the blues festival every year he he gets a photo pass he shoots a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and he, he's had things printed in magazines like um um what is what is the university of of Mississippi's Blues Magazine. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. Oxford uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. I I got a call from him like, oh, I don't know, three or four months ago. And the, the record label for Betty LeVette wanted mm -hmm. to use one of his photos. And he goes, they, they, they're asking me, how much do I charge for them? I go, <laughs> well... Let's put down a price that'll put some money in your pocket, but make them in, put them in a situation where they want to accept that offer and use your photo. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was lucky one time. I, I'd interviewed her, I don't know, two or three times, and and my our, our national editor Art Levine today. I, I asked him for a, for a, a preview piece one year. And he wrote 3,500 words, and it wasn't even a Q and A. It was a 3,500 word piece on Betty Levette. Anyway, so I did one one year, and, and um, uh, she came to the Blue Festival, and I actually got a hug. I got a hug from Betty Levette. Oh, oh man! <laughs> well, that's that's something I hope we can do in the future. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Um, so, and speaking of which, uh, it's going to be a strange Fourth of July this year. It it's really going to be an odd summer. I mean, I've been at every single Portland Waterfront Blues Festival. Um, very first festival, I walked John Lee Hooker to the stage. Wow. Um, and there's there's so many memories, and the 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 festival. It's it's not even all about the music. It's no. almost like a a class reunion you want to go to. Yep. Because you get to see all these people that you haven't seen in a year. There's a certain amount of people like that Tom Marion guy who mm-hmm. comes to Portland once a year and comes mm-hmm. to the Portland Waterfront Blues Festival. And yeah. there's a lot of people like that from around the Northwest and around the country that you get to see, as well as the people that are working the festivals, um, you know, the backstage crews and yeah. stuff like that, uh, that those people are, are pretty special. Most of those people are just doing this for four or five days of their life mm-hmm. out of the kindness of their heart. Mm-hmm. 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 I had to miss last year cause I hurt my back and that was really, that was really weird. That was really, oh. really strange. Well, well you we have, definitely missed you at the festival well, last year. <laughs> it was, it was weird, and, and it'll be it'll be weird again. And well, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? You know, I think my 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 goal is to keep living until there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they couldn't they couldn't even think about moving the festival no. to later in the summer because yeah. all those artists were booked to be at that particular time. And some of those artists were routed artists that, you know, had to cancel their tours, mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, I think their plan is to look at next summer and try to get as much of the yeah. talent that was being booked for this festival and, and mm-hmm. reenacted a year later. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are having to do for weddings and things like that. They're, sure. They're sure. they're moving them out. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not a wedding DJ anymore. <laughs> Before I moved here, the, the the last gig I had in Baltimore was I was a wedding and party DJ. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I had Did you to, do reunions and stuff too? I don't. I had to had to play the had to play Macarena and um, oh, YMCA yeah. and the chicken dance. You had to do the chicken dance. Always had to do the chicken dance. You can get a tip if you can do the chicken dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I worked for a company. They dressed me in a in a polyester tuxedo and a red cummerbund and a red bow tie. Do you imagine that? Wow. <laughs> and I had long hair too. It was really bizarre. Anyway, uh, which I may I, 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 I may again I, I may again because I got nobody to cut my hair. I can't and, and there's no all and everything is closed. And so maybe I'll just maybe I'll just be I'll just have, maybe I'll be a hippie again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get a haircut again. I've been getting those little scissors and kind of yeah. trimming hairs once in a while up front when they start falling <laughs> down into my glasses. <laughs> oh man, I heard that Pickathon's not giving refunds. Oh yeah, I I. I don't think that is going to go over real big with people who buy tickets to Pickathon. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Uh, 
um, I I know the position they're in. Sure. Uh, you know, when you don't have any money, how do you pay any money? Yep. Uh, yep. You know, I I I was going to go on a vacation the the end of this month, and we were we were actually going with the guy who owns Waterloo Res- Records in Austin, Texas, and we had to pay for the place we were going to stay at in advance and when we went back to them to see if we could get a refund they had a no refund policy mm-hmm. they said well we had made some exceptions and we started giving refunds but now we're out of money so uh, uh, you're uh, just going to uh, have to rebook at another time but who uh, knows when that safe time is going to be to to have an excursion to go anywhere yeah really you know, uh, I, wa- I do want to I do want to talk to you about this because because it started with an email from you to me, which included a, a story by Bill Royston, who used to be who started the Portland Jazz Festival and ran many jazz festivals and was a fabulous just a, I mean, he was a controversial guy, but, uh, you know, but he was he was a fabulous guy and then apparently developed Alzheimer's and all of a sudden. Almost ten years later, he's back and he's he's writing for Oregon Music News like crazy, and they're wonderful pieces. It it's really an incredible story. I've I've seen Bill a number of times since uh, he retired as the executive director and artistic director of the PDX Jazz Festival, and uh, um, you know it. There was times when I go. Oh man, this isn't good. And yeah. then there was times where, you know, me and Marty Hughley, who used to write at the Oregonian, mm-hmm. would would have dinner with him, and Bill would have these really great, lucid conversations with us. And hmm. then, you know, I didn't hear from him a whole lot in between. And, and then you printed this this piece yeah. by him, and you know, Bill started sending me. Um, the pieces too, and he's he's got this new lease on life, but he's really writing um, pretty remarkable stuff, and it it has to do with uh, you know jazz situations he was in from his past dealings with artists, and uh, his memory seems to be sharp as a tack. Yes. Yes, it's it's miraculous in some ways. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me, but it's wonderful. I mean, he just—I'm so happy that uh, that uh, that he's, he's writing all this stuff. I mean, he wrote a—he uh, wrote a remembrance of Richie Cole that would just—it would make you laugh and make you cry, and and uh, was—it was vivid. It was very vivid. His writing has been vivid. Well, I've been, I've been exceptionally happy that you've been printing his his work because it is so remarkable and you know it's stuff people should see well one of these days i'm going to get the whole story from him about what happened you know and he's not quite ready to 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 do uh, the podcast yet but he's getting there i mean uh, i i think he, he and his wife went to a park this, this past week and he was that was some kind of an accomplishment for him so good good for bill Good for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't always get along at the beginning, but we buried the hatchet a long, long time ago. 
Uh, well, and... Bill was a very passionate person about yeah. music. Yeah. And yeah. He, he was very opinionated. And, you know, when when Bill felt a certain way, uh, he wasn't afraid to tell anybody about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I remember we had breakfast one day because I, I there was no reason for us to be, you know, to, to have any hard feelings with each other, really, you know. And uh, yeah, and then after that, he was great. The first year we covered the the jazz festival, that was the I think the next to last year that he was involved with us when he brought in Lukoff, and he just was he and he fed me wonderful little little tidbits because we overcovered as we did at that time, we overcovered the jazz festival, and uh, 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 and and I wrote long pieces like. Um, kind of flavor pieces about stuff that went on. And he gave me the most wonderful, you know, uh, backstage stories, you know. Anyway, so good for Bill. Good for yeah. Bill. yeah. You know that he worked on the Mr. Rogers show years ago? Yes. I, he, he he sent me a picture. of. <laughs> oh, wow. I haven't got to see that. <laughs> but he's on Facebook now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't always, you know. I mean, I think this no. is, this is a recent thing, also. Um. No, he, 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 it's like you know, it's like uh, Lazarus has been raised from the dead. It's true. It's really true. <laughs> well, all right, Terry. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, it's always great to talk always to you. Always good to talk to you, Tom. Yeah, hang in there, because we're you know we're hanging in. You're hanging in. And uh, maybe we'll come out the other side and have a beer one time, huh? I sure hope so. You take care of yourself. All right, thanks. <laughs>